0: It's lovely to be joined by the chief winemaker from Kaisler there in the Barossa. It's good morning to you, Tim Dolan.
1: Oh, good morning, Hey, How are you going?
0: Going well, mate. Jill's on the line here, of course, because Jill's the one who organised you coming on. So, yes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thanks for having
1: me.
2: Tim, <laughs> Tim, thanks for joining us, especially at such late notice. I have actually, I was talking to Richard about this earlier this morning, so it's quite remiss of me that I haven't had someone from Kaisler on before. But of course, it wouldn't have been you because you only joined back in um, September 22. Isn't that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I joined uh, September twenty two after nearly ten years at Lehman. so it was quite the transition. But um, yeah, loving it so far. It's been fantastic.
2: It's a big transition. I mean, you're really you're basically going to the other side of the Barossa, and um, yeah. it's uh, it's 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 a, a bigger uh, it's a big change. So maybe that's a good place to start. Do you want to do you want to tell us about the transition and um, and the fact that you're uh, probably well n- nine months into the new gig.
1: Yeah, so um, I mean, it hasn't. There has not been a single dull moment uh, in the last nine <laughs> months. I give you the hot tip, Jill. Um, we've <laughs> had. I've had a, a baby uh, in the middle of vintage. Baby oh. boy. Oh. and because uh, <laughs> you wanted just another challenge. My, didn't plan out. that very well, did you? <laughs> So I, 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 ten months ago, when uh, my partner Emma told me we were, she was pregnant, I was like, "Oh my goodness, we we could not have timed this." Not during the grand work. final. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you should have seen the look on my boss Nigel's face when uh, when I told him after, after being with Kayser for about a month. Uh, he actually, to his credit, he thought it thought it was the funniest thing uh, in the world. <laughs> Having had three kids himself, he um, he was, yeah, very uh, understanding of the situation, which was fantastic. <laughs> but uh, is that
2: is that Nigel Westblade that you're referring to? Uh,
1: no, Nigel Vanderzen. He. Um, oh right, so, yeah.
2: you've it's, had a lot of it's, bosses it's, or worked with people called Nigel, haven't you?
1: Uh, it's amazing. My my father's it's, Nigel's, it's, is,
0: really? <laughs> Nigel's. everywhere. Yes.
1: For a dying name, uh, you don't see too yeah. Nigel anymore. It's, uh, it's quite common in the brochure at the moment for some reason. But, so, uh,
0: did you have a little boy or a little girl, Tim? We had a boy, Archie. Oh. Uh, Archie to accompany. Yeah, so
1: okay. A little brother for my my daughter Harriet, who's now nearly four.
0: Harriet um, so, and
1: Archie. How lovely. Yeah,
2: beautiful. There's, what what was the birth date?
1: Thirtieth uh, of March, so it could not have been any more in the middle of vintage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Well, as, as long yeah. as he's healthy, and that's the important part. And vintage Absolutely. is over, so you can just take a certain sigh, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we've. Uh, I couldn't really take much time off through vintage. Um, I sort of we timed it through. It was kind of close to Easter, so we have got a little bit of downtime, and then um, I'm actually taking a week off this week to to sort of. Uh, I guess readjust to, to life with two kids and um, be a dad again. <laughs> well,
2: how, how- well, actually, and thank you. Just on that, so I do remember you mentioning you're on holiday, and but you're still joining us. So thank you even more so for joining us on your holiday. So where are you?
1: Oh, so um, I'm lucky enough that my parents have a have a shack about an hour south of Adelaide. Um, we've had it for the better part of 20 years, and um, so we often try and get down here. and It's beautiful in winter to get away, and it's really quiet and as long as it's not raining. Uh, The kids can get out and and have a run around. I've got two sisters with with kids as well, so it's a beautiful place for them to grow up and make some great memories. That sounds sounds
0: lovely. Now, before we get more specifically onto the wines from Kaisler, talk us through V2023. Tim, how was it up there in the Barossa? Uh, Yeah,
1: look, um, it wasn't without its challenges, Rich. I think uh, looking back, I was thinking about it this morning before coming on with you guys, I think probably the most challenging since 2011 Mm. um, in terms of Mother Nature throwing everything uh, it could at us. Um, But I I guess the beautiful thing about Kayser is that we own all of our vineyards, or most of them at least. Um, So we recognised quite early on, particularly in spring, that it was going to be a a pretty dicey season. So Nigel van uh, our Chief Viticulturalist, he made the call early to you know, really reduce yields through pruning and shoot thinning and bunch thinning. And um, I think, you know, a combination of being really smart in the vineyard and, and then making the calls early um, yeah. during vintage sort of helped us with our, our quality. So we we sort of t- took no risks, I guess, and um, that's really paid off. But I, I think looking now back through how vintage has gone and tasting what's in the barrel and in the tank, I'm I'm really... Chuffed. I think the quality is fantastic, despite all the challenges. And um, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's going to be some reports out there that are probably you know a little bit disparaging. But I think um, you know overall the quality, despite all the challenges, has been excellent.
0: Well, the, the one thing we can say about all of those reports, and and I know this firsthand from seeing what everyone said about 2011 in the Yarra. Yep, it, it was. There was a lot of people poo-pooing a lot of vintages and this and that. But on the other hand, the same people saying, why we don't have enough vintage variation? So let's just make our decision when we see what's in the glass. Let's exactly. just put everything on hold until we get to taste the wines and then yeah. we can make our own minds up. Absolutely. So, uh, did you find that the... the
2: yeah, it is. Um, Quantity-wise,
1: low? Not too bad? Yeah. Uh, we were... About average. Shiraz was a little bit up. That sort of the bunches were weighing oh. quite heavy. Um, but mm-hmm. overall, it was about bang on average um, over across the last twenty years at Kaisler, We've got some pretty good data. So, um, yeah, it, it seems to be seems to be one of those sort of pretty average years, um, but quality still quite consistent across all the varieties.
0: And so let's yeah, let's yeah. deep dive a little bit into Kaisler. So, how, can you tell us? You say your own, you know the lion's share of your vineyards. Can you tell us how how much acreage you've got across the, the portfolio?
1: Yeah, so um, on the estate, so around the winery, there's 27 hectares. Yep. Um, and then in the mid-2000s, uh, the company also bought a small vineyard in Marananga and that's about eight hectares. Yep. Um, so all up, what are we looking at, 37 hectares um, or thereabouts of planted uh, vines and predominantly... Shiraz, um, followed by Grenache, Cabernet, Mourvedre, um, tiny bit of old vine Semillon from the 1960s, mm. and um, some a little patch of Viognier as well, just for, as a little quirk. Um, <laughs>
0: it's not I very guess. much. It's not very much then, want, It's quite small.
2: Do you not have a little bit of Riesling in there as well?
1: There used to be, yes. Um, right behind, just directly behind the winery, but that has been mm-hmm. replanted to Shiraz um, right. before my time.
0: Sure. Okay. Yeah. Very, very, very much a, a small batch kind of operation then. But the, the portfolio as well, you guys own Yarra Yearing, is that right? And there are there other wineries that are, or is it a parent company that owns the, you and them? How does that work?
1: Yeah. It's an interesting setup. So um, Ed Peter, I guess the majority shareholder of Kaysler, also has a majority shareholding in Yarra Yearing. Yep. Um, so we are kind of, we treat them as sort of like a sister city. Yeah. Uh, not city, winery rather. And, um, yeah. Uh, but we, so I talk to Sarah Crow a lot, but we kind of don't fall under the same, um, I guess, parent company kind of yeah. work parallel. More um, about
0: collaboration and, and just sharing learnings then.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's been uh, particularly off a of challenging vintage learning from Sarah has been fantastic uh, from her experience at Yarra Yaring.
0: Yeah, well, they're all challenging finishes there. So, yes. yeah. in the last five years, basically, um, yeah, yeah. But it must be great to be able to bounce off someone like Crowe. I mean, she's an absolute genius.
1: Oh, she's a legend, and uh, every time I call, doesn't matter what time of day it is or when it is, uh, she
0: she typically always
1: picks up and is more than generous with her time. So I've been yeah really fortunate. I mean, we we had a, a relationship um, prior to me coming. To Kaysler, and she was actually the one that kind of planted the seed for me um, to think about coming across as they were looking for someone. Um, we were judging last year at the Sydney Wine Show, and she said, "Oh, what, what do you think about coming across to Kaysler?" And I said, "Oh, I'm pretty happy at Peter Lehman. Thanks, Sarah. I've got uh, you know a young family. I've got a lot of annual leave. I've got you know a nice job that I enjoy." Yeah, but she up. planted the seed, and um, yeah, from there it kind of grew and i uh i eventually obviously took took the position but um yeah it's credit to her for, for seeking me she out she is
2: good <laughs> <laughs> pulling the man away from 10 years at leeward and uh yeah. but you know good, yeah. great opportunities now so
0: jill great. i i can't help but notice that tim just called his own winery kaisler which is what i call it so let's sort this out is it kaisler or kaisler doesn't matter
1: Uh so it's funny when you're out in the market and you meet someone that uh you know is of german descent or, or is living in Germany. They typically sort of pronounce it as Kaisler. Um, So I think that's the correct pronunciation, but um, obviously the Australian inflection uh, let's change it to Kaisler. Oh, I'm, go- I'm just going to call it Kaisler then
0: because I'm pretty Aussie. Oh, so, it yeah. really shows
2: a lot about you, Richard. Um,
0: <laughs> and I'm, I'm bloody proud of it too.
2: So I can see that. Look, can we touch on some of the um, very famous wines that uh, Kaisler <laughs> is um, <laughs> <laughs> of?
0: Yes. So
2: it's a really interesting names as well, like the Old Bastard and the Bogan. I mean, very, very, that's definitely when it's a Kaisler. Um can you talk us through those wines and what it's and how you feel about taking the reins over from such awesome you know well known reds?
1: yeah, it's uh huge um sh- shoes to fill in terms of taking over from reed boswood and, and the uh mm. legacy that he i guess has left behind after twenty years at the helm um, you know it's there's no pressure at all still <laughs> <laughs> um, uh but no, I think. The, the great thing about Kaiser is the vineyard resource we have. That's the number one, is this incredible resource of old vine, Shiraz and, and Grenache in particular. Um, the Old Bastards reference to the Old Bastards of Shiraz that were planted in 1893, so they kind of got their nickname, nickname from that, as uh, Nigel and Reed would sort of refer to them as being the Old Bastards. They kind of literally, the, the vineyard is directly behind the winery, um, tiny. Two hectare parcel and hmm. um, that's kind of it's not about an old bastard as a, as a person as a, a gentleman <coughs> I was at a tasting last Sunday the gentleman said is that a little bit derogatory about you know he, he was a little bit old and I said no it's not about like an old an old gentleman it's about the old bastard vineyard sort of trying to um, deflect away from it being <laughs> uh, controversial I guess um, and then The bogan is actually, uh, was was concepted by um, Reed Boswood, who came from Sydney's inner west, and uh, when he was going through Roseworthy, he was often referred to as as a country bogan. And uh, so he set about saying, well, I'm going to make a fantastic Barossa Shiraz, uh, and I'm going to call it the bogan after myself, as a bit of tongue-in-cheek. And uh, Mm. lo and behold, it's become a bit of an icon within... Uh, the, case of the range is certainly within the Barossa, and uh, you know that absolutely. It's this interesting juxtaposition where you've got, um, you know, a, a, a name that is, I guess, not taken very seriously at all, and quite unique. We, the winemaking that goes behind it is incredibly serious. Is, is it's
0: very
2: to... serious. <laughs> well, yeah. and that that actually brings uh, me
0: to a question from a listener. So let's tie that in. So of course, um, this is our old mate Christopher who says got a question for tim dolan i love the old vine shiraz and the old bastard what's the difference between those wines in regards to vineyards oak vine age etc so let's just sort of tie the bogan in with the old bastard and talk about the 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 winemaking and and a few bits and bobs thank you
1: no that's a great question um so the fantastic thing about the old vine shiraz is that it's actually a small parcel that was taken from cuttings from the old bastard so The vines are literally, or the two parcels are literally next door to each other. Cool. Um, so same soil, It's uh, but not planted in 1960s for the old vine Shiraz. So another 70 years on um, from the old Bastard. Uh, and then um, I guess winemaking is quite similar, except yep. the old vine we, we put into 500 litre puncheons um, as opposed to the old Bastard being in, in 225 litre breaks. But all French oak. Um, and a similar sort of oak regime. And then the bogan um, is more of a a key of uh, parcels of Shiraz that are from Marananga and around the estate. So it's probably seven or eight different blocks that go into that uh, brand because it's quite a substantial size.
0: Yeah, and it, I think the old bastard's interesting because, well, firstly, it's got a grouse label. Let's let's be honest. But <laughs> it, it's one of my other favourite wines from the region is the Moru Vineyard from Shield, and those wines they actually have a superb elegance about them and a and a deftness with the power, you know. And yep. of course, we'll have Stephen Cook coming on from Eisenstone next, and his wines are the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you talk about old vines Shiraz, and I think, you know. One thing that's always stuck with me, and I can't remember who told me, is that it, it was that they're, they're old vines for a reason. You know, they've, yeah. A, they've delivered a, a good amount of fruit, so the yields have always been quite consistent. Yeah. But also the quality has uh, been consistent throughout those years. Otherwise, you know, what's the point in leaving them in the ground, I guess, from a grower perspective and, and finance, a financial perspective? And I think as they get older, provided that they're, Producing a good good yield, um, typically the quality is just incredible, um, and and they just they 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 do their own thing. You know, they don't you don't really have to do a lot in the vineyard. They kind of they, they react to Mother Nature and, and yeah. they'll produce a the yield um, accordingly.
0: Deep roots. Now we're talking with Tim Dolan from Kaisler slash Kaisler. You're listening to the Wine Show Australia here on 96.5 Inner FM. I'm Richo and I've got Jill on the line too. So, just a, a bit of a nerdy question then. You've got your old vine right next to the old bastard vineyard with, you know, a selection cutting. What's the difference in the yield between the two vineyards?
1: So, there's not a lot to be honest. The, okay. the old vine Shiraz might might be around three tonnes per hectare, whereas the Old Bastard probably averages around two, two and a half. Yeah. Um, but typically, there's not a lot of difference um, in the two. But, and the flavour profile is quite similar. You know, they do have quite soft, elegant tannins. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a really good masterclass to do, actually, is the tasting of those two wines um, alongside something like Bogan um sort of trying to discern the differences, I guess.
0: Next time um, next time we're in town. Um, do have another listener question from Kim um, who's asking about the biggest challenge, because we're coming out of these um, uh, these weather patterns, we're coming into um, El Nino. So what do you yeah. reckon the biggest challenge will be coming out of La Nina into El Nino for the next year or two?
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good question. It's something that's on my mind um, a lot at the moment. And I guess in conjunction with, Nigel van der Zand, you know, we talk about these sort of things almost on a daily basis on how we're going to manage it. Um, I think the great, you know, if you put it on a micro level, the great thing about Kayser is that uh, there's a lot of regenerative farming going on and, and sort of, I guess, responding to the challenges that Mother Nature is um, throwing at us. And from what we've seen in the viticultural practices that Nigel's doing is that it kind of can mitigate a little bit against, um, you know, those really hot, Dry conditions, particularly like what we saw in, in 2019 and 20, um, where the yields aren't as dramatically affected. Um, so we, you, I think, the earlier you are, the more preventative maintenance that you do, particularly in those dry seasons, um, the better you are off come vintage time. Yeah,
0: yeah. Ah, well, I mean, it's you'd probably rather hotter than colder and wetter, I imagine. So it's um, or somewhere in between and. You know, I, I was in the last time I was actually in the Barossa was during vintage in nineteen, and I, I don't think I've ever seen it so dry and dusty. It was um, it was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, that nineteen was a, was a really challenging vintage. It was sort of quite hot for days on end. Whereas um, mm. in in twenty, it was it was really really dry, but um, it was actually not all that hot. Uh, and then obviously twenty one, two, and three, it was was quite mild. And, and um, being La Nina, there was quite a lot of rainfall. Mm.
2: 18 was a good
1: year for you guys. 18 was a year that I don't even really think about because it was one of those years that you, was so easy and consistent that you mm, could. Mm. You know, it was probably what the Margaret River guys experience every year. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I hope Brendan Carr's listening to this. Um,
0: yes. He, Tim, <laughs> Tim Shandy's a very smart man going from the Yarra Valley to, to Margaret River. Well done, Shandy. I know he'll be listening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, full credit to those guys. But um,
0: <laughs> you've
2: got or not credit to them; they're just fortunate. But hey. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, have it a question...
2: oh, sorry, keep going.
1: Yeah, no, you go. Go on to.
2: Oh no, I was actually going to move on to um, one of your 18s. I'd like to talk about the, your cabinet because of course you know Kaysler began uh, with the um, with the GSM Shiraz, Grenache, Mataro, Bedro, whatever. Your white Hermitage. Um, and you know, your GSM was one of the first they ever had and made me really fall in love with it, as was your viognier as well. Um, yep. but uh, but you know, Cabernet isn't quite as synonymous with Kaisler as the other varietals I've just mentioned. So can you tell us a bit about your cabernets? I, I see you've got your wands, the weapon of mass seduction <laughs> that um, Shiraz is a great cab. One, I love it. I yeah. love it. So can you talk to us a bit about your cabs and what you do?
1: Yeah, so um we're blessed with some relatively old vine parcels of Cabernet, sort of more in the 1970s. I don't go back as far. Uh, mm. And recently, Nigel Van Der has been planting um, some newer clones that have sort of become a little bit more prevalent in um, Australia, so from, from Western Australia and obviously uh, Bordeaux. And the quality that they're producing has just been astounding. Um, you know, you probably wouldn't pick it as, as Barossa Cabernet. It's quite lifted elegant, uh, floral, uh, so all the things that you really want out of Cabernet, but, um, you ma- and you marry that in with some of our sort of now 50-year-old Cabernet plantings uh, and the result is quite astounding. I, I, one of the first things I did when I joined Kaysler was put together the 2021 um, Kaysler Cabernet which retails for around $45 and um, I was just blown away by the quality and I'd sort of come from Peter Lehman where we've got a fantastic grower resource of Cabernet and and, and new clones as well and I came to and I thought wow this is is amazing Um, so I think you know one thing Peter Lehman always one of the legacies he left was telling uh, winemakers and people of the region to not forget about the quality of Cabernet and Mm -hmm. certainly in certain years those cooler years like we had in 21 uh, the quality can often surpass Shiraz so Uh, it kind of gets left in the shadows a little bit. Um,
0: Very underrated. Certainly in the East Coast, uh, I I think very, very underrated is Barossa Cabernet, as you say, from those cooler years and... You know, there's a bunch of good, Charles Melton. There's always really good gear coming out um, from him from those those cooler cool. years, and um, and also, well, Jill, are you referring to the Avignon blend? Is that is that what you're referring to? Uh no, the
2: one I was actually referring to the our uh, first, which is the Shiraz ah. Cab. Um, but I was actually ah. going to ask about the Avignon blend. But the Avignon blend was the Grenache Mavédre.
0: Yeah, the GSM. That's right?
2: It's not Cab. No. Yeah. No, it's just a GM.
1: Yeah, so um, the Avignon has been various iterations of a GSM or GM. Um, over the years, and the WOMS is a blend of Shiraz and Cabernet, and that's typically always been 60% Shiraz, 40% Cabernet. Yeah. Um, and usually that's a really quite deep and structural style that, um, you know, you need time. And we were fortunate enough to open up a 2006 WOMS in an event a few weeks ago, and uh, gee whiz, are still drinking beautifully. So um, these wines from Kayser are typically, you know, all of them can age really well, which is one of the things I've found uh, fascinating in my time, mm. my short time at Kaysler so far. yeah so
0: you would have one of the first things I'm sure you would have done is to delve into the back category, the library there, and taste some of the old gear. I mean, and and that's where you really find the DNA for how to go forward as a winemaker. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's been fascinating to see the evolution of Kaysler. You know, I think. Through, certainly through the early to mid-2000s, the wines uh, were no shrinking violets. Um, they, were, they were big and dense and serious like monsters. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And then, Brooding and rich. Oh, yum. Yeah, just a <laughs> classic brosso. But the thing was, um, I think, um, uh, you know, you you see uh, Nigel and Reed. they kind of recognise that, hey, that's probably not the style that they wanted to go down, so that... We, over the course of the next 10 to 15 years, they kind of pared it back and brought back the, the ripeness and didn't leave the, the grapes on the vine for so long. And now I think the balance has come back a lot. And I think that's consistent with a lot of wineries across the Barossa, um, lower alcohol, uh, a little bit more subtle in flavor. And um, I think as a result of that, you'll probably get even more longevity out of these wines.
2: Nice. Well, it sounds like you're, um, you've are um you just started on such an awesome new opportunity, you know, going from one to one very well-known to another extremely well-known but totally different. And what would you say the biggest challenge has been so far in the last nine months? Apart from having a child during vintage, of course.
1: <laughs> uh, the biggest challenge, I think, um, you know, it's, it's going back to being, I mean, it's not really a challenge, it's been an opportunity, it was where I'm more hands-on with the team and more, you know, less away from the desk. I think that's been, you know, it's been a challenge because I've had to readjust to, you know, from a 30,000-ton operation to 700 tonnes. Yes. Um, mm. I think everything is on this tiny scale. And um, I think I've found that you only get one opportunity. And if you muck it up, you can't really come back. Whereas with, uh, with Peter Lehman, you've got so many, uh, I guess, options that... Mm. Um, you know, mistakes can be covered up <laughs> a little bit easier. Yeah. So I've kind of found that you've got to be on the on point every single time. Um, yes, so yeah, your accountability's
2: really gone up. Which I guess I you know, I understand why you say look at the challenge but it's actually an opportunity as well. Because it's a test for yourself and you're obviously, you know, you're a highly acclaimed winemaker and you know that you're up for the challenge.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's that's what drew me in so much, uh, to just sort of starting with Kazer was to I guess, take, you know, challenge myself and, and get out of my comfort zone a little bit after 10 years at Lamanji. You know, after 10 years at any, anywhere, you kind of get into a routine and a rhythm. And I was yep. like, well, do I really want to do this forever? I'd probably be happy doing it, but do I, challenging myself and going to the next level? Um, I felt Kaysler was the perfect opportunity.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we look forward to tasting the fruits of your labor. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us, uh, certainly in the middle of your holiday. Tim Dolan from <laughs> Kaysler Wines. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Tim. Pleasure. Thanks, Richo. Thank Uh, you, Jill. Legendary.